Hi, and thanks for joining us today on the Crossroads Lismore podcast. We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you'd like more resources or would like to know more about us, you can go to www.crossroadslismore.com. All right, so I'm going to start with a a story first, and then I'm going to get into a couple of scriptures about um, what I really believe the Lord is laying on my heart for prayer and fasting. I brought it up about a month ago, and um, just the, the desire for it and the need for it. But there's an actual true story that happened in America about a church that was about to have a new bar, like a pub, open up next to their church within walking distance, and it was going to be pretty big and pretty massive, and the church members were like, oh, we can't have this. No, no, we don't want a, we don't want a bar next to the church. So they decided that we're going to sign a petition, we're going to get a lot of people against it, and we're going to make sure that they don't get the permit to build. Um, And that didn't go off as well as they would hoped of, so they decided, all right, we're going to get spiritual and we're going to pray and fast to make sure that this pub and this bar does not get built. So they did. They did it for about three days. And on the third day, there became a storm into the city and lightning struck. Sorry, they had started construction, but they had to finish the legal side of it to get the permits and the final thing. So the building had already started, but the, the lightning during the storm had struck the pub that was in construction and burned it to the ground. And man, you can imagine the churchgoers, how excited they were that their prayers, their fasting brought judgment and deliverance to them and uh, burned down the, um, you know, answered their prayers. And they were bragging about it, telling everybody what, what, what they had done and what God had done as well. So... The owner of the bar was pretty upset because he'd heard about what the church did and uh, how much they were against him. So he sued him and took him to court. And the judge had, you know, the, the legality side of this person's arguments in this party. And um, he came up and had them come up into the court. And the people from the church in their statement had denied any wrongdoing because it was beyond their capability to strike down a church with lightning. So they were like, no, it wasn't us. We're not not taking responsibility for that. And the judge came up with his, um, you know, the papers in front of him and said, guys, I've I've got a dilemma here. I've got a bar owner here who believes in the power of God in prayer and fasting, and I've got a whole group of church members who are denying the power of prayer and fasting. That's a true story. I don't actually know what the outcome was, but I think he probably just threw the case. Um, but sometimes we, um, we don't realize that there is power in prayer and fasting, not to bring judgment to people, but for, for the church, for our own lives, for, um, for the body of Christ. And there's, there's reasons why we want to do that, to pray and to fast. It doesn't, we don't do it to manipulate or try to turn God's arm. Um, we do it for, for what it does to us and how it brings us closer to him. Fasting is a spiritual discipline. It's a way to posture our spirit before him and and maybe going about our daily lifestyle more different than we normally do with our prayer time, spending time with him, going about our days and business and eating and all that stuff. But what the fasting does, it allows for us to take away something in our life that maybe would be fulfilling, whether it be food, entertainment. You guys guys know this because you've, you've fasted times where you might have done without social media, you might have done without something else in your life. 
And so that's what it was for you to take it away from your life so that you could then allow more time to focus on God, whether it be through prayer, through intercession, through journaling, through meditating, through worshiping. But fasting helps us grow into a holiness lifestyle. It's what, our soul, it's what our souls long for, and it keeps our fleshly wants in check. I don't know if your children have ever said this lately or when you had them, but they seem to want things pretty quick. When's dinner? When can we go back to that place that we went to? Or when can we play this game? And, and they want it right now. And I love delaying a little bit of their request just to help them build a bit of perseverance and uh, not getting to that instant gratification stage because thankfully we don't cook a lot by microwave. I did growing up as a single guy, so I'm used to instant food in America. You can go through a drive-thru and get some decent food pretty quick, pretty cheap. But these days it's good to wait upon the Lord as Sarah said this morning. That verse was on my heart last week, to be still and know that he's God. Our culture, the Western culture, is very fast-paced. Even in the Northern Rivers, it's not as fast-paced as the cities, but we like to have lots of things on our plate. There's lots of things vying for our attention. Whether you have a full-time job or whether you live at home with a screen, there's always something flashing for your attention, a notification, a request, something to do. So what it does when you fast is you can actually say to that thing in your life that's constantly getting your attention, nope, I'm not going to spend time looking at that, listening to that, eating that. I'm going to spend that time saying no to the flesh and yes to the spirit. Some people say, and here's a question for you, I kind of want to throw it out there, um, does fasting move God? It's kind of a hypothetical, but some people say, I want to move God. I think Smith Wigglesworth would say that. I don't know. I can't honestly answer the question this morning if, if fasting moves God to do something. In the Bible, there have been times where we've seen him do that. But what I do know that when I fast, it moves me closer to God. And that's what I'm wanting at this stage in my life and my Christian journey. I want more of God. So if fasting and prayer does that, I want to do it. I want to get closer to God. I want to know more. And if I keep doing the same things that I've been doing, at least I know in my life lately, I've been really busy. And having time and attention towards God has been really challenging for me. So I know I'm at a place in my life where I need to go, something needs to change. And, it's, and let this be the, just remember this, it's, sometimes we get into the doing trap of being a Christian, if I do enough, if I fast enough, if I, if I pray enough, if I worship with enough songs on my playlist throughout the day, if I go to church three out of four times a month, I'm doing good. I'm being the Christian that God wants me to be. It's not about the doing, though. The fasting is what takes me into being more like him because it does help me to grow into holiness. It draws me closer to him. I'm taking time to know him. And if you've ever taken time to spend with somebody, it's always worth it. Whenever my wife and I have gone out for a rare date, it's always beneficial to have that one-on-one -on -one time to look at each other, to stare at each other, to say stuff to each other, to appreciate each other. It's always worth it. And what prayer and fasting does, it helps other things fade away. If I brought someone up here and we had a staring contest, and if you've ever done this before, if, 
you look at something for a long time, you know those little puzzles that they um, show sometimes on social media or school, and you try to look for that thing and that object that first just looks like a bunch of colors or a big mass of something, but if you stare at it hard enough, you start to see a shape or sometimes two different shapes. That's because you're staring at it and every, your, perhip, your peripheral vision becomes foggy and faded and you only concentrate on that. And that's what it's like spending time, intimate time with Jesus. I, I'm a guy, but I think even women would probably say this, that if you're focusing on one person in that moment, it's really hard to think about other things. Maybe I'm sure there's supernatural ways that ladies can do it. But I know that when I spend my focused time spending time with Jesus, the troubles, the busyness of the day, the other thoughts that I've got, they take a back seat. It doesn't mean that they don't come up or they, I won't talk about them later, but I just won't allow, I won't allow them to be a dominant part of my day. Because when I then sit at the feet of Jesus, everything else fades away, and then I get full of him, and then I'm able to step out of that, that sanctuary space, that time that I have with him, and then I see all of this stuff that's in front of my day a lot more clearly with a lot more wisdom and everything that I need to get through the rest of my life. In Matthew chapter six, you've read this many times, but it says, when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, and then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. So whenever I look at the Bible and I see something that Jesus did, I take a note and go, that's probably pretty important. Jesus fasted. There are many examples in the Bible of other people who fasted. But when I see Jesus do it, I'm like, there's something to it. If he, Jesus fasted, it's probably a good thing for me to incorporate in my life. We know that when Jesus was tempted by the devil and was offered some pretty big things, Jesus knew that it could be tempting, and that's why he allowed time to pray and fast and be filled up with the Holy Spirit. Do you remember that old song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So what I was talking about earlier, when you're looking at something full stop, concentrating on that, all the other things of this world grow strangely dim. Even though it might be making a lot of news in the news cycle with the wars and COVID and all that other stuff, when you look at the king of kings, all that stuff does grow strangely dim in a mysterious kind of way. Now, there's a few benefits. There's quite a few benefits. I'm just going to list off a couple benefits of fasting and prayer. Number one, it can initiate revival and spiritual growth. When I went through the book of God's generals back when we were at Bethel, it's a real thick book that had a lot of church, people in church history that have been a part of big movements of God's um, leading and guidance. And 
common theme that I saw through all, all, all of these people who were mighty warriors in the Christian faith is that they were committed to prayer and they fasted so much, so often. And I think if you're going to live a lifestyle of being a world changer and wanting to see things happen in your own life, you've got to be filled up in that time with prayer and fasting. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will restore their land. It's a pretty powerful verse. If we find, our, if we find ourselves becoming complacent or warm, there's nothing like a moment and a season of your life when you're praying and fasting that will cause you to go deeper and grow farther by spending that time with him. And the things that God shows you, because your focus is on him more intentionally, more purposefully during that time. Whenever I took kids to youth camp as a youth pastor, those little three-day weekends that we would do those spiritual retreats or fun retreats with the kids, whenever we took them out of their situations of home, of school, of even back then they had Walkmans, electronics, you know, they've been around for a while, they just take on different forms. But whenever you take out someone from a setting that causes a bit of normalcy, every single time we came back from a retreat, a majority of those youth experienced God, either in a new way or renewed way, because they were focusing on Him. We didn't allow time to go sneaking off on the computer or listening to headphones. We had games, yes, we had times of fellowship, but because they were there for a purpose and a reason, they had spiritual growth happen. Number two, prayer and fasting helps us to receive clear revelation and direction from God. There's a story in the book of Ezra where they were coming and they were returning back to Jerusalem, but they had just acquired a lot of gold and silver and servants and they were taking it back to Jerusalem, but um, some estimates say that there was around 6,000 pounds of gold, 25 tons of silver, and lots of other goods that they were bringing back to Jerusalem. And the road that they were taking was always known for thieves and robbers. And so Ezra did not know exactly how they were going to move this amount of riches back to Jerusalem without getting ransacked and attacked. So this is what he says in chapter 8 of Ezra, verse 21. There by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all of our possessions. I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from enemies on the road because we had told the king, the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who look to him, but his great anger is against all those who forsake him. So we, fast, so we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. Sometimes prayer and fasting helps give us answers and revelations to things that we can't just figure out on our own. You know, we've got a limited mind, a limited brain. My genius only goes so far, and I can only come up with so many ideas. Ezra was at a point where they did not physically know how they were going to carry this much loot and riches to a place without being attacked. And they didn't even call for military force. They called upon God first. 
And the, one of the amazing things about prayer and fasting is they said they asked God for a safe journey for us and our children. When you pray and, and fast, there's a ripple effect for all of those around you. Your children will be impacted by the way you pray and fast. God provides resources and ways through things when you pray and fast. Next time you get into a situation where you've got to make a big choice or decision about something, and I know some of you are already going through that, pray and fast about it. Sit in the presence of God when you deny those things that you're having normally in your life and just say, God, speak to me. Speak to your servant for I'm listening. You might get it that first day. You might get it after a week. I don't know. You just You keep seeking. Those who seek will find, and he will provide a way. And sometimes it is a way that you never would have thought of. That's usually the way God loves to work. He loves to blow our brains, not blow our minds, so that we can see God in a totally new way. Hopefully he's not blowing our brains. <laughs> let's, uh, let's edit that from the uh, podcast. <laughs> Number three, prayer and fasting helps people be freed from, from bondages. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus had just returned from the Mount of Transfiguration, and he found his disciples frustrated because there was a child who was demon-possessed, and they could not cast this, little, this demon out of this little child. And so they were pretty frustrated, and Jesus came onto the scene, and he prayed right there, and the demon came out of the child just like that. So obviously the disciples were a bit frustrated, and they waited, of course, in private because they were pretty embarrassed, and they asked Jesus, how come we couldn't pray for this demon to come out of this child? And Jesus responded that this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. I've always been curious as to what this kind can mean. But I believe that God wants to give us the ability to go into situations, to go into people's lives and help set them free from oppression, from bondages, from soul ties, things that we know people are struggling with right now. And we can come into that situation and speak truth, God's word, and see them set free. Not because of us, but because we're proclaiming his word and his truth and his promises over that person's life right there on the spot to be courageous and bold about it. I've got, I just found out I've got a coworker who has just been struggling with not being able to be working because of vaccination status and having an uncle just passed away last week and she's had a hard go for the last 18 months with health issues and then this week she just found out she has cancer. And I'm like, she's such a beautiful soul. She's such a sweet lady and my heart's just going out to her. I'm reaching out to her online but I also just, I just wanna go over to Ballin and give her a hug. And if she's open to that, I'm going to do it. 30 minutes for a hug to see someone touched and blessed is worth it. And when God puts somebody in your heart like that, he wants us to send his presence, his light, his truth into that situation. So just realize that you are messengers. You are ambassadors of the truth. And you can go into any work situation, personal situation, family situation, community situation. Like after this, I feel led to go down to Lismore and just drive around the areas that could be flooded and just pray and release God's truth and promises over that area. Because what I believe we speak, we create because of the power of God's words. So everywhere you go, whether it's the store, whether it's your neighborhood, another thing that he gave me yesterday while I was praying of, of a strategy is during my lunchtime, instead of that, going around my facility 
walking around it. I'm going to have to put on some gumboots probably, but making some treks around my building, praying over it, declaring God's words around it. Because I believe, and I've believed this since I've been a member there at the gym, that God's going to be doing some things there. And I've been praying, and during my stretching time, I just, I speak in tongues, I speak God's word, and it's just been building and building and building. And I just, I believe this component now that God's given me to walk around that facility in prayer is going to be setting up for more of God's, um, God's presence, God's working, and a release and a change that's, that God wants to do there in an amazing and powerful way. So I'm, I'm excited about that. So I'm just speaking it out now in belief and telling you now, as accountability, that, um, that God's going to do it. Uh, the next thing that prayer and fasting does is it helps navigate the journey ahead with confidence. When you go to the throne of the King of Kings and the creator of all things, and he gives you his presence and his peace and his provision and even solutions, you can walk away and walk with him into that situation with such a confidence that cannot be knocked, that cannot be destroyed. Where God leads, he will provide. Where God where there seems to not be a way, he makes a way. We all have testimonies. I'd love for us to come up here and give a testimony of a time where you did not know how something was going to work out, whether it be financial, job, family, traveling, something, and God provided. It's such an encouragement to hear people's testimonies. And I know we haven't done one in a while, but I'd love to have another, we're due for another Sunday testimony time to hear how God is working in your lives because I get, my faith is uplifted when I hear God moving and God doing something in your life. And he does. He provides in ways that we cannot imagine. And he's done things for us and our family that I'm just like, only God. <laughs> There's only, only one way that stuff could have happened. And it's happened time and time again. So I just, for me, I just love to give him praise. And I love to go back into Thanksgiving. When I spend my time with him, a majority of my quiet time is in Thanksgiving. Just having a thankful heart, overflowing with thankfulness for what he's done. It just, it helps, and I think there's, there's even psychological and social science done on what a, what a gracious, for a person who has a grateful and thankful heart is so much better off um, health-wise and with their attitude and how they work. But for me, it also draws me to the goodness of God a lot quicker when I, instead of coming to him with all the needs that I've got, I like to start with why I'm thankful for him. And it just gives me a sense of just peace and humility and also who I'm talking to, the God, of, the God of all ages. And the last thing it does is that prayer and fasting helps deepen my intimacy with Jesus. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. Every time you spend time with him, you will get closer. You will draw closer. The disciples and Jesus were challenged um, by the whole fasting thing because when Jesus was with the disciples, they didn't fast. And so the Pharisees, being very close to the law and the legal side of the Torah, said, how come your disciples aren't fasting? What's up with them? It's like you, you call them students of the Torah, but they're not even following it. They're going to all these parties. You're eating with sinners. Something's not looking right. And Jesus comes up with the Matthew 4, 4 verse that says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus is saying that they're always 
going to have food, but they're not always going to have me. And he longs for us to live in a way that we can live life to the fullest. And sometimes when I think about, oh, it's, it's time, I think I need to, you know, pray and fast over something, I get these fleshly little, you know, the people on your shoulders, the good guy and the bad guy, the bad guy's so loud because he's like, no, nah, you can't, you can't fast right now. You got a lot of training. You've got a really high active lifestyle. You're going to faint and probably pass out if you don't eat. I get all these voices that say, you know, just, just wait until the next season. Wait until things get really bad. Then you can pray and fast. Things are okay right now. You don't need to do all that fasting stuff. You can pray a little bit, but I get these voices that just try to deter me from praying and fasting. And that in itself should tell me something. So that's why I'm, I'm feeling really committed to, to do a fast over the next three weeks, especially because of a lot of things I see happening around the world, but also for, for my life as well. Fasting also strengthens my faith. So I'm just going to finish with this. I'm, I'm at a point now where I want more, and I don't know where you're at with your walk with Jesus, but... I know that he always fills our longings and he's always going to give us more of our desires if it's his desires. And I don't know exactly what that looks like to want more, but I know that if prayer and fasting gets me closer to him, I want to do it. And I want to start counting the cost, picking up my cross. I, start, I want to do the things that not just make it like, again, a legalistic, if I do enough, I'm going to get enough. That's, that's not what I'm after. It's just making sure that my heart is in the right place and I think that's what prayer and fasting does. It takes the focus off of me and puts it on him. And I don't have to think about, yeah, you get those longings, you get that longing of, oh, I'd like to have that right now, or I wish I could be fulfilled with that device, or whatever it is that you want to do. But for that short moment, you can say no to something and say yes to something greater. And that's where I'm at right now. And I, I believe that's where God is leading us as a church, is he's leading us to greater things. And I'm really excited and hopeful about the future. And I know there's a lot of uncertainty right now, but that's exactly why he wants us to draw to him. And I guess I'm at the point now where Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, that I will discipline my body like an athlete, training, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself may be disqualified. So I'd like for us to spend like the, just the last few minutes just around tables, around groups of, of three, four, or five, and just praying for each other, praying for the season that we're in, praying for the circumstances that you see going on in the world, and just anything else that the Lord may put on your heart. So I'm just going to give like a four or five minute timer, um, just allow you to pray for each other. And then we'll close. I'll come up here and close in prayer. And that'll be it today. So just find a little group of people that you can pray with for the next four or five minutes.